This is Dave Smith from Orange County, California, and I am absolutely positive that I would rather shoot a video with Michael Moore called Two Guys, One Cup than listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Let us do this. Episode 187 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, Sneezy McGee, my lovely yet noisy co-host, Brittany Page. I seriously just sneezed like 12 times in a row. <laughs> she was getting angry that I wasn't turning on the mics. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's 10.50 p.m. It's ready. It's time. And I would not start the show because I don't want to a barrage of snot slinging sneezes coming my way. I feel like I'm having like an allergic reaction to having lost the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it was an allergic reaction to that terrible boxed wine to which you're acting so snobby. <laughs> it could also be that. You it could are. also be that. I have created a monster in you because you are the wine snobbiest wine snob. I know. I know. It's really unfortunate. I, I don't I don't act like that though. I only am like that with you. I yeah, don't Oh yeah, you don't act like that except for the ninety percent of your day where you're you're spent with me, I'm saying with other people, <laughs> I tone it down a bit. But I, I probably wouldn't if I didn't know that this was boxed wine. Science would suggest that I wouldn't know it's boxed wine. So I think it's just kind of a a, a placebo effect that's going on that you allow to take place. Yeah. Well, I know it's from boxed <laughs> wine, so I, I feel well, differently about it. This is the first box of wine I think I've ever purchased. Are you? What are you doing over there? Yeah, getting re- getting ready to sneeze? No, I'm not. I am because it's staying in. Oh, really? Trying hard. <laughs> Nothing is happening. <laughs> this is the second box of wine well, that you have purchased. The reason I bought this box of wine is at that New Year's Eve party. That New Year's w- Eve party really had an effect on w- you, where I was so uh, voraciously hated by one of the guests. Um. They had a bottle or a, a box of wine mm-hmm. that was actually very drinkable. <laughs> and the first time we ever bought a Notice box. Notice how you didn't say good. No, it was it was good. It was good. It was okay, drinkable. Yeah. It okay. wasn't like, oh my God, this wine, you have to get it. Right. But it was pretty fucking good. Okay. Keeping in mind that it was a, coming out of a box mm-hmm. and like a little a push nozzle. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have to give it its relative to what it is. Yeah. So I figured I would get a box of wine at the place where we get most of our wine, which for the record, I, there's no secret, it's it's Trader Joe's. Uh-huh. The lovely Trader Joe's who should be sponsoring this program. Yes, well they have the best prices. For sure. So anyway, we bought this box of wine, four bottles for it's four bottles in it's 3 liters of wine for 11.99. Mhm. And uh, pretty good. It is okay. Not terrible. It's it's basically Calimocho wine. It doesn't suck. Indeed. We're, listen, 
are all over the board here. Indeed. We are all over the board. I do want to mention before we move on, you made a reference to the fact that neither of us uh-huh. is now a billionaire. No. Because we both lost the lottery. We did. Yeah. But someone did win. Yeah, like 20 minutes away from us. Yeah, Chino Hills, a jackpot winning ticket was sold. And it turns out that there were 12 tickets that matched five of the six numbers. So they're all one millionaires. Right. Yeah. Well, before taxes. And <laughs> right. the the cities in which those tickets were sold were Nipton. Don't know where that is. Nipton. That sounds like a... I love to be there. <laughs> uh, Nipton. Chula Vista, Santa Rosa, oh. Santa Cruz, Santa oh. Monica, Tustin. Oh, you mean just in California? <laughs> um, Yeah, probably. Well, if it can't be nationwide and then every one of the winners just happens to be from California. No, but this just makes me feel terrible because it's all the surrounding cities that won. Right. But not the city that I purchased my ticket. Tustin's right here. That's Orange County. Yeah. 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 And well, others, Redlands, Gardenia, Irwindale. Anyway. Yeah. We, I'm just reading the rest. We don't need a complete rundown. We I don't, don't think the audience gives two shits about it. That there's 12 new millionaires and you know, a... I, f- I saw, and we're going to move on after this because <laughs> we're going nowhere with this intro, but I saw a very funny like meme today and it was posted on a Facebook thread and it was in, in reference to something that no one didn't care about or something. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't care about how aggressive they were being. Anyway, here, here's what the, what the meme was. It's a book cover, like a Nancy Drew mystery book cover. Okay. And it, it looks like a book cover. It's a book cover. Okay. And at the top, it says, Nancy Drew, uh-huh. the case of the missing fox. <laughs> like no fucks were given. They're, oh, they're missing. Right, they, right, they right. They have no fucks to give because yeah. they were missing. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's lame. What? Well, I'm just confused as to how this fits in with what we're talking about. I don't about. know. I just I just realized <laughs> that we were going on and on and no one was giving two fucks about this. Okay, well, I care. And and here's another weird thing. I'm going to continue to talk about this because... Oh, my God. Well, someone, this is the largest lottery win in... I just... I knew that you were up to something over there. Okay, But what happened after they announced that this winning ticket had been sold in Chino Hills is they figured out where it was sold and they were showing from a helicopter the footage and people were just running toward this. Everything gets shown by a fucking helicopter in L.A. Well, there was just a massive crowd running into the 7-Eleven and crowding around this 7-Eleven and they were interviewing people, you know. Why are them, you here? Yeah, wh- what are you doing? And people were saying, well, the winner might come here. Or, well, maybe the winner's my neighbor. Did you say that this was the store from which the winning ticket came? I I, I don't know if that was announced, but I'm assuming it had to have been yeah, announced. Yeah, 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 Because they were rushing the 7-Eleven. Yeah. So it's also weird when people think because a winning ticket was sold somewhere that suddenly that establishment is lucky. Right. We it, were watching the news tonight before the show here and a lady they were interviewing because there's this one lucky store in LA somewhere where multiple major jackpots have been out of there I think two multiple yeah and they interviewed they closed down like 10 or 15 minutes before their posted close time which a lot of people were waiting in line to get tickets and then they shut the doors and they didn't get tickets Mm -hmm. and one of the ladies was like 
I drove all the way up here from Irvine, California. That's that's an hour. I mean, in traffic, it could be two hours away. Mm-hmm. But that's at least a 45-minute drive. That's here. That's right here where we live. Right. And what are they doing? I have that no idea. They're so irrational. I have no idea. Because when you watch the drawing, those balls just get sucked up randomly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's... They don't have the, the, the name and address of that store yeah, on them. Yeah, it's just random. Yeah. Anyway. Pure luck. Pretty pretty, uh, pretty weird. So it's pretty exciting. And California is a state where you cannot remain anonymous. Yeah, bummer. There's only, I think, like six or nine states where you can remain anonymous. And California is not one of them. So okay. this person is screwed. Let me ask you this. Is it is it weird that I feel? And I think everybody knows. My the audience knows me well enough to know that I'm not some bleeding heart. Oh, America's bad and dirty. But is it weird that I feel a little gross that we have an almost two billion dollar lottery? Is it gross? Yeah, I just feel because it's funded by no, no, it's funded by the people. I mean, because everybody buys tickets and stuff. But it just. How emblematic of America, and I'm not making a decision either way, there's just this little part of me in the back of my head that's kind of like, ugh, that's so, so America that we have a lottery that's fucking massive. New England, not New England, England, Great Britain, the United Kingdom just had their record-breaking lottery that was $66 million mm-hmm. or 66 million pounds. Mm-hmm. That's like $80 million. Yeah. I'm doing the jerk-off motion right now. Nobody can see it. Well, though. they also, I read that article and they said that they they just chose the the next person down to win because they had to give it away because it was getting too big. No one had picked the right numbers. Right. So they so gave it they to the next. They just gave it to the next yeah. most correct. Right. <laughs> Anyway, I haven't made a decision about it, but I just, I have to be honest with the audience that it does make me feel in a weird way kind of ugged out. Well, because it's also funded, I don't know if this is true, by poor people. A lot of poor people yeah. hoping that they win. And right. so they spend their money right. on the lottery tickets. And that's that's kind of yeah, sad. We're not poor and we each bought a ticket, a ticket. It's just more, it's more... Um, for entertainment value. Because for, for, for me, getting to talk about, oh, what would you do? Planning which charities we're going to impregnate with cash. You know, it's uh, it's it's entertaining. It's a fun time. Well, also, we almost broke even because we got the Powerball twice. That's right. So we got $8. Yeah. We made $8, everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're winning. We're ahead of the game. Winners. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on. With a little bit of listener feedback. See, that wasn't as terrible as you thought it was going to be. No, 11 minutes is good for the intro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A lotto. So, William, the official fact checker, apparently needs a new job title for some of the message that he sends because this message wasn't really checking facts as much as it was spewing propaganda relative to <laughs> drug enforcement. Come on, Jesse. The war on drugs is a complete failure, and the DEA needs boogeymen to justify them spending billions of dollars. I don't know if El Chapo is guilty, but I do know the pharmaceutical companies are getting people strung... Hang on. I'm going to stop you right there. (laughs) We will continue with the message after this. We do know that El Chapo, little shorty, we do know that he is guilty because he has admitted 
his his deeds. He has said, I only attack when attacked, which you can believe, if you like, that he's some altruistic gentleman who only was in, 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 in complicit in the murders of 34,000 people, the beheading, the setting on fire of other living human beings. Ah, if you want to believe that he only did that when attacked, that's on you, William. I guess I take a little different approach to it. Continue, Brittany Page. But I do know the pharmaceutical companies are getting people strung out on drugs far more than the Mexican drug cartels could ever hope for. If the U.S. government doesn't control the drug trade, then how come a terrorist has never snuck a bomb into (laughs) the country in a load of cocaine? That was my favorite one. And is there more? Yes. Go ahead. By the way, I'm official fact checker William. Okay. (laughs) Let's... let's, uh, Oh, William. Let's... You, this message was not sent under the capacity and the auspices of your official title of official fact checker because you did not check any facts. You, you merely spewed a, a wild sense of what you think maybe or maybe not. Let's, let's talk about maybe, very, very briefly. Maybe I'm official conspiracy theorist, William. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> when you're actually going to check facts, it should be official fact checker Mm -hmm. and then when you're going to be this guy who maybe you know hit the vaporizer a little too heavy (laughs) and got a little too stoned and started typing messages because this also did come to the to the to the 657-464-7609 via text message which you can do by the way you can do that but it wasn't just one text message Brittany. oh when i forwarded it to you Mm -hmm. i had consolidated like four or five different messages (laughs) into one message okay so maybe he had you know hit the green a little a little heavy Mm -hmm. but let's talk about you know because there's never been a terrorist attack smuggled into drugs coming into the country he's never seen that so therefore William, official fact checker, he does declare it must be because the United States government controls the supply of drugs coming into the country or at the very least protects it. That that is the most giant and irrational leap in logic. I mean, there's multiple logical fallacies at play here. Come on, William. You're better than that. Come on, William. We love you, but this is... Come on, William. Don't make me put you in a fucking timeout. That is outrageous. (laughs) And also, bringing up the pharmaceutical industry, I don't disagree. I think that there's a lot of reforms that need to take place in that business. But to say that we can't can't criticize El Chapo and the murder of 34,000 people because we have an issue with the pharmaceutical industry... Is ludicrous. Well, this is always an easy argument for people to make, right? This is bad, but hey, wait a minute. Look over here. This is way worse. Right. We can talk about both things being terrible. We can do that. Sure. It doesn't need to be, hey, you can't criticize this one thing because you need to focus over here. You need to look over here. Right. We can talk about everything. Sure. And we try to. And for the record, I am... I'm very easy on on the legalization of drugs. I'm not like a, I hate El Chapo because he's a drug dealer. I hate El Chapo because he is a jackbooted fucking thug. And, I mean, 
he's a terrible person. It doesn't matter whether he's importing Cabbage Patch Kids, dolls, or drugs. He he uses organized crime and intimidation and murder to enrich in himself, and that's bad. So thank you for your participation in this conversation, William. As always, it doesn't matter that we agree. It really matters that we have the conversation in a civil manner, even though I I do tend to tease. That is kind of my default <laughs> my default position. Teasing is okay because we also said we love William. For sure. Appreciate it very much. So 657-464-7609. Once again, you can also... Email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Next up on the the docket or the list, we got a, a message sent via email from a smartphone from Christy. Hello, Brittany, and I guess Jesse. I have a question. Why is it that Ted Cruz, if he really is a Canadian-born citizen, gets to be in the Republican debates, but Rand Paul doesn't? I'm confused. Can you answer this? Thanks. Uh, well, first of all... Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Go, go ahead, Brittany. Go ahead with me, with the well, answer. she's clearly not asking me the question. Okay, she addressed right. you, first and foremost, and then I was almost an aside. I, I was almost just a... You know, he's there, so I, I may as well tip my hat to him. But, you know, pretty much fuck that guy, and I'm asking Brittany. Okay, so I'm ready to address this. So Ted Cruz, there's a lot of controversy. You're, you're really going to address it? Oh. I was joking, but go ahead, yeah. Uh, no, do your thing, lady. Okay, it's lady. You're, you're <laughs> clearly capable of answering. This I'm just is getting aggressive. You. Okay, <laughs> so there's a lot of controversy right now over whether or not Ted Cruz is eligible to run for president because he was born in Canada, right? Yes, he was. Okay, so the issue is what are the requirements to run for president? Okay, you must be 35 years of age, a resident of the United States for 14 years, and you must be a natural born citizen. That is correct. Now, what does natural born citizen mean? Um, I'm I'm looking at PolitiFact right now, and PolitiFact is said to have a liberal bias. For the record, I didn't know you were going to be prepared to answer the question. I was just being a dick, but decided to roll with it, so... Okay. Well, you're, yeah, you're doing great. Okay. I, I do want to say something about the Canada thing, and then I'll I'll let you continue. Okay. Um, the reason he was he has Canadian citizenship is, is like anybody who's born here, he was born to a Canadian parent, so he had dual citizenship up until I think 18 months ago, 19 months ago, where he renounced his Canadian citizenship because he had dual citizenship, which I don't think benefited him in any way. And for the record, I think everybody knows. I think Ted Cruz is a terrible, I almost said something bad, but a terrible guy. I think he's terrible. So let's be specific, though. So his dad was the resident of Canada. And That's his right. mom is the American citizen. That's right. So this, I'm reading from PolitiFact, and like I said, you know, there's been some articles out there that have said PolitiFact has a liberal bias. So I'm reading from a liberal bias publication. You, you have to say that you're doing air quotes. Air quotes way. around liberal bias. Episode 187 and you still don't know. People How radio can't works. see us. Okay. <laughs> I'm reading from a liberal bias article about Ted Cruz. Right. So that says something. Okay. Most legal experts contend it means someone is a citizen from birth and doesn't have to go through a naturalization process to become a citizen. 
If that's the definition, then Cruz is a natural-born citizen by being born to an American mother and having her citizenship at birth. The Congressional Research Service, the agency tasked with providing authoritative research to all members of Congress, published a report after the 2008 election supporting the thinking that, quote, natural-born citizenship means citizenship held at birth. That is right. Which... There's two points here I want to get to, and one would be even when Obama, when this whole thing was going on with Obama, even if Obama had been born in Kenya, he was still a natural-born citizen because his mother was a citizen of this country. The other thing is, I think the best answer that I've heard on this came from, from Marco Rubio after the State of the Union the other night, and he was asked about this with Ted Cruz, and he said it's a non-issue. He's absolutely eligible to run for president. And he said, there's only two kinds. You have, you have naturalized citizens and natural-born citizens. And he's not naturalized. He is a natural-born citizen. Because so he is qualified to run for president. Whether he's capable <laughs> or whether he should be is a different question. But he is certainly eligible. Right, because he didn't have to go through that naturalization process. That's right. So basically, Ted Cruz is an anchor baby. <laughs> Wow, Brittany Page. No, I wish but, I had a brum bum. Okay, but like a very good, but very like, very funny. Not like the official meaning of anchor baby, like a different kind because <laughs> the dad got the U.S. Oh yeah, oh, mother oh, yeah, pregnant. Right. Maybe Rafael Cruz was looking to to get his citizenship in the United yeah, States, yeah, yeah. so he got a little. A little randy, a little little waka waka chicka bow bow with uh, <laughs> with the grandma Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that Anchor Baby is Ted Cruz is an Anchor Baby. Okay, listen. I know that that is a pejorative. I'm I am just using it because I know that Ted Cruz would you, use listen, that term. You told a funny joke. Don't explain it away. Well, I'm just trying to ruin the joke now. Now it's ruined. Yeah. God damn. Well, I hope that we answered Christie's question. So he's allowed to be in the debate oh, because then, but, he's but, allowed to run for president. But why is he allowed to be there and Rand Paul is not? The reason Rand Paul is not... I'm taking it over now. All right. There you go. Uh, the reason Rand Paul is not going to be there is because every single debate, the rules are set and the parameters are set by the individual network that hosts the debate. In this case, it's Fox Business Channel and they have chosen... To not have 500 people on stage, they're only going to go with six. Six. So Rand Paul did not meet the polling requirement. He did not re receive the, the mandated support necessary to be on stage. So that is the answer. I hope it answered your question. Thank you for the, for the participation. Absolutely awesome. All right, we're going to wrap up this segment of listener call-ins and emails and text messages with one of our longest listeners and most loyal listeners who happens to live in the Netherlands, Nikki. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Brittany's first. Who, I, who, who we love, by the way. And we're going to live in her shed. Yeah, we're going to live in her shed when Donald Trump possibly becomes president of the United States. I clearly say that tongue-in-cheek because that's not going to fucking happen. Okay, so... So how did she start the letter? Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. 
I wondered why you haven't talked about the mass sexual assaults that happened in Germany. Over 700 women were assaulted by young Muslim men on New Year's Eve. It wasn't a case of random assaults. This was clearly organized and took place in many big cities in Germany and apparently also in Sweden. It is reminiscent of the mass sexual assaults that have happened in Egypt and several Middle Eastern countries since the Arab Spring. It turns out many of the young men have come into Germany as supposed refugees. Throughout Europe, it's sharpened the debate regarding taking in more refugees and seems to be dividing the population of many countries. Thought you might find it interesting. Still love the show. Brittany is the best part. Nikki. Of course. Brittany is the best part. Especially when she tells hilarious Ted Cruz anchor baby jokes. <laughs> All right. Well, Nikki... Um, First off, thank you, obviously. Thank you for, for um, writing in. We appreciate it very much. I'm going to take full responsibility for not having talked about this only because I fucking dropped the ball. It was on our radar, and sometimes things just fall through the cracks because other things are going on, and we're in a busy political season, and I can li- list all kinds of shitty excuses, but I will take full brunt for that because this is super important And I want to, if the audience, if our audience at large isn't really familiar with this going on, this this happening in Germany on New Year's Eve, yeah, it's fucked up that two weeks and we have not covered it yet. Well, the thing is, it happened New Year's Eve, but the media didn't release that this happened until five days after. Hmm. So there was kind of a shady cover-up going on, rumored to be kind of a protective measure against the refugees Hmm. or for the refugees yeah we just need to have an honest conversation whether they're refugees or whether they're not if they are that that needs to be known anyway here is a brief news package talking about the incidents of new year's eve a day after the allegations of mass sexual assault were made public cologne continues to search for the perpetrators and for answers how could things get so out of hand more victims are coming forward and describing their harrowing experiences. Suddenly we were surrounded by a group of between 20 and 30 men. They were full of anger and we had to make sure that no one of us was pulled away by them. They were grabbing us and we were trying to get away as quickly as possible. Police and witnesses continue to speak of a group of up to a thousand men groping and often robbing women at Cologne's main railway station on New Year's Eve. More than a hundred criminal complaints have already been filed. Germany's interior minister criticized the police's slow response to the violence and said authorities must do better in the future. We still do not have a clear picture as to who may be behind the crimes. All we have are some clues. The actions of the perpetrators are not acceptable. With Germany now announcing the country took in about 1.1 million asylum seekers in 2015, the New Year's Eve incidents are causing many to criticize Angela Merkel's open arms policy. But authorities say there are no indications refugees were involved. Meanwhile, Cologne's mayor is under fire for suggesting women need to be more careful. Women would also be smart not to go and embrace everyone that you meet and who seems to be nice. Such advances could be misunderstood, and that is something every woman and every girl should protect herself from. As the search for the perpetrators continues, questions still remain as to how this night of celebration turned sour so quickly. Fred Plaken, CNN, London. 
So the mayor has said a lot of controversial things that are resulting in her being asked upon by many different people, <laughs> including Majid Nawaz in the Daily Beast. He, yeah. he wrote an article titled Why We Can't Stay Silent on Germany's Mass Sexual Assaults. And apparently she went further and said that um, women could guard against such attacks by remaining at arm's length from strangers in the street and that she will soon be issuing a code of conduct for women so that such things do not happen to them. I'm curious about that. This code of conduct, is it like a um, a decree of suggestions or is it like a there will be penalties extended if you do not follow the code of conduct? I, I don't know. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, I'm not and sure. And if someone knows, Nikki, you're closer to this than we are, obviously. Uh, if you do know, uh, you know, call in. We could Skype you in. I, I'd like somebody boots on the ground, as uh, Ben Carson would say. Um, I'd like to know somebody who's a little bit closer to the situation because it does need to be talked about. Right. He continues in this article and says that uh, the headmaster of a school in Bavaria sent a letter home to parents advising them that, quote, Syrian citizens are mainly Muslims and speak Arabic. The refugees are marked by their own culture. Because our school is directly next to where they are staying, modest clothing should be adhered to whoa, whoa, whoa. in order to avoid discrepancies. So he's saying that because they're close to a refugee camp or or where they live... The girls in his school need to dress differently for the sake of the refugees. Right. He went further saying revealing tops or blouses, shorts, shorts, or miniskirts could lead to misunderstandings. <laughs> Sexual assault is not a fucking misunderstanding, you mook. It is a crime. Ugh. And Nawaz goes on and says, with men accounting for about 70% of asylum seekers, some groups across Germany have demanded gender segregated accommodation and safe zones for women. And I love what uh, Majid Nawaz says here. He says, no, European progressives and feminist groups have toiled over centuries to educate us all that rape victims are not responsible for the actions of the rapist. Victim blaming and demanding that women change their behavior are the worst ways to respond to this. They only sexualize the victim more. Absolutely fact. Yeah, and I, I love what he had to say there. But this situation is very alarming. And it well, is unfortunate because it gives the, the right a lot of fuel. But in this article that um, yeah, we'll, we'll put on the it, Facebook. If it's justified fuel, then that's fine. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, if, if you are welcomed in with open arms as the policy is considered, Angela Merkel, um, if you're welcomed in and you're a guest in this country, we are going to give you a new home because you're, you came from a terrible situation. And you're going to come and you're going to sexually assault women. If, if, if it is found that these people are refugees and they were involved in this, it's get the fuck out. Get out of here. We're going to, here's a one-way ticket back to Raqqa. Here's a one-way ticket back to Syria, buddy. Because you, you, you burned. Your, it's one strike and you're out. Well, in this article. Especially Me related to rape and sexual assault. Medjid Nawaz argues that. In this article, he's saying that we need to open up this conversation. The left needs to because the right is going to get a hold of it and they're going to take complete control of that narrative. I see the point. And the, yeah. the left needs to get in there and also open up the dialogue. But I like what he says here. He says, Norway has led the way here, offering voluntary 
offering voluntary nationwide classes that expand upon Norwegian social and sexual norms to newly arrived migrant men. A German border town in Bavaria has already started a similar program for male refugees, while Danish politicians aim to approve the same measure after a string of attacks in Denmark. Among other measures, it is my view that such classes should be mandatory for new arrivals across the continent. These classes should form part of a citizenship, integration, and employment course before residency permits are provided. In any case, they would help refugees... They would help refugees come to grips with the strange new world they have just fled to and can only make their job prospects better. Yeah. I I mean, I agree with that, of course. So kind of classes helping them to educate, you know, women don't wear burqas here. You're going to be exposed to different things. Listen, you said this earlier that if if women are going to be changing the way they dress and dress more, more conservative and cover up more. That is what's happening. Effectively, they are putting on a burqa because, you know, they have Syrian neighbors. And that's complete bullshit. We are doing the world a favor, and I'm speaking as though I'm German. The the Europeans are doing the world a favor by taking in millions and millions of these refugees. And now listen, I understand we don't know yet if they are refugees but I think it's pretty well established they were Middle Eastern men, Muslim men, who committed these horrific assaults, group assaults, hundreds of men. And Germany welcomed 1.1 million as- asylum seekers right. in 2015. So I think it was the largest um, number For sure, Germany, of any of the yes. countries. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we will listen. We will follow up on this. Um I apologize to the audience and more specifically to Nikki for not doing a better job of staying on top of it. So thanks for the call, the email, the message on Facebook. Thanks for the message on Facebook. <laughs> See, I'm all I'm all a I'm all a Twitter. I'm all a, a flustered. Mm-hmm. I'm all frustrated, nervous, if you will, Brittany Page. Mm. Yeah. How you like that? All right. Let's move on to a little follow up. The Bundy mil- militia. Um, Friday is supposed to announce their exit strategy because apparently they have solved all of the ills related to government and tyranny, and they're going to let us know just how they're going to get out of there. However, a video has surfaced of the aforementioned on previous programs, John Ritzheimer, and in it, he is going through the mail the care packages that were so fervently requested. Um, I guess I'll just play it. What's going on, everybody? Uh, So we went and picked up some mail that came in from, you know, a lot of the uh, supporters. But along with that mail, we got an abundance of the hate mail. And it just, it it was really mind-blowing to me that people would actually spend their money. You know, this box right here, $17.90. They spend and waste their money on all this hateful stuff to send out here to us and, and buy this ridiculous stuff. I got, it's it's really ridiculous. Even uh, this one was really funny, a bag of dicks. Um, <laughs> so rather than going out and doing good, you know, um, they just spend all their money on hate and hate and hate and hate. Mm. Yeah, um, well, I, I'm pausing the video because I want to remind the audience the love that comes out of John Ritzheimer usually when he does videos. Fuck your book! 
Fuck your religion! Take it all and shove it up your fucking ass! That's the lover of humanity, John Ritzheimer, the same guy who is commiserating (laughs) and whining about the all of the sex toys, (laughs) the literal sex toys that are being mailed to them by the dozens at the compound, the now compound in Oregon. He continues. So we're gonna create a table and we're gonna continue to do work and do good for our country. What? Uh, we're not gonna be deterred. We're not gonna let you, all your junk and hate mail sidetrack us and we're gonna continue to do what's right for our country. For the rest of you patriots out there that are still twiddling your thumbs, debating whether or not you should come out. Wow. Well, now's the time. If you want to be part of history in the making, you need to get out here and you need to show some support. And I'm not talking about coming out here and being an outside perimeter. Come here and be a patriot. Come here and stand up uh. for your country. Do what's right. Enough talk. Now it's time for action. I hope to see you. Too much fucking patriot talk with this these types. It, bother, it always bothers me so much. The guy who had the quote-unquote Muslim-free zone gun, sh- gun store in Florida was also a guy who talked about patriot all the time. Mm-hmm. So that is John Ritzheimer. He's just so classy. Who's also very... He's very... Um, Rational. He's kind of being a little shitty to... The t- patriots who are at home twiddling their thumbs. Mm-hmm. Is he? Does he think he's going to win people's sympathies and support by making fun of them? It's just, I mean, like I said, loving John Ritzheimer who wants to lecture us about our hatred and our hate and hate and hate. Fuck your book! Fuck your religion! Take it all and shove it up your fucking ass! She's not a Christian! <laughs> That's my favorite right there. That one is my favorite as well. <laughs> She's the best. So yeah, uh, Friday they're supposed to announce their exit strategy. And we will let you know. You'll know by Monday. Well, you'll probably know by Monday just by the fact that you're watching the news. But if not, we will have it here. Right here. Also, a little bit of follow-up. Not such great news. Nothing really to to laugh or joke about. The sister of Rife Badawi, the jailed and whipped blogger, atheist humanist blogger in Saudi Arabia, has a sister, and it appears she has been arrested too. This is from WeAreRifeUK.org, and they say that Samar has heroically continued to campaign for the release of her brother and her husband, the lawyer who defended Rife in his trial and is also a free speech campaigner. Her contribution to women's rights and human's rights have been recognized internationally. She has continued to be an important source of information for those wanting to know what is going on in Saudi Arabia. And they understand that she has been imprisoned for her activity on Twitter. Wow. So Saudi Arabia, you know, added again, the same country that wants total respect And don't compare us to ISIS. Don't compare us to these totalitarian states. Our women have tons of rights. It's a beautiful country. It's bullshit. Okay, so it looks like she's actually been freed. She was arrested. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying she was questioned and then they have apparently released her. 
I don't know that we're. I know you're not trying to put paint them in a in a in a rosy light. Who cares? They still arrested her. Saudi Arabia is denying that they arrested her as well. Uh, They're just saying that they were questioning her. They just had a couple of questions, apparently. So terrible, terrible. Yeah. Ally of the Western world, Saudi Arabia, everybody. Absolutely unacceptable. It's just weird to hear that someone can be questioned for their activity on Twitter if they're not seriously doing anything. She's just talking about free speech and, you know, Rife Badawi being free. Right. These things. She's not threatening violence. She's not talking about bombs. None of that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Just like the policies of the country, which she's still bravely staying in. I mean, you would hope that the United States or some other ally country would take her in you know, under the auspices of being a refugee or a dissident or get her out of harm's way because they're clearly not treating that family well. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget, and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. All right. Well, first of all, before we get any further, I'd like to thank our latest, our newest Patreon supporters, Amy and Carrie. Thank you, Amy and Carrie. The ladies bringing it. That is awesome. You guys are awesome. We appreciate very much, and your stickers are on the way. Now, before we go any further, I, I need to. Uh, I had a, somebody messaged me today, and they said, "Hey, um, I, I never got my stickers. Or when are you going to send my stickers?" And I looked, and those stickers were sent. So I don't know if I'm not putting enough postage on because I, I write a little note. You, everyone who was a patron sub- supporter. They do get a handwritten Jesse D note. They sure do. Not from me because you wouldn't be able to read it. Yeah, Brittany's handwriting is terrible. It's like she sticks a pencil in her ear and then just can't look and tries to write a message. It's terrible. Exactly. Seriously, it's terrible. Yeah. So I write a note and, uh, you know, it's becoming kind of a canned message. It's I try to make them original. But anyway, so I write a note. I, I slap a few stickers in there and then I send it in the mail with one stamp. Now, our international listeners, I actually have to go down to the post office and stick it in the mail and have a whole thing. It's a whole system. It's, you know. But that's no problem because we love to do it because no, no, we no, love no. our international I'm not listeners. About it. it sounded like you were. I'm just clarifying. I'm just saying that I just throw a stamp on it and toss it in the mailbox. If our mail lady is being a, a horrible turd, <laughs> something needs to be done. But Maybe it's the postage situation. Maybe it takes those stickers are heavy and maybe they take more than just one first class stamp. So if you are a patron, a Patreon supporter, and you have not yet received your stickers, goddamn, let us know. Uh, 657-464-7609. It doesn't have to be for the air. Just let us know. You can text that number to idoubtit at dollamore.com or message us on the Facebook page. That would be awesome because I – listen – 
you we want to get those stickers out. They are they're yours. Yes, and also when you receive them, go ahead and post a picture to the Facebook page and let us know where you put it. Yes. That's always fun to see. Yes, and then while you do that, go and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the show. We've hit a plateau in reviews, and it is an unacceptable plateau. Is it not, Brittany Page? It is. (laughs) All right, let's move this train along. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Speaking of our loyal Patreon supporters, tomorrow, today for you, Thursday, is the sixth GOP debate hosted by Fox Business Channel. That's not really the Fox Business Channel music, but it's Fox. It is not. It's Fox, so I'm just going to go with it. Um... And we are going to give you right now the lineup. Right. Because this is going to be for the bonus episode that will be released on Friday morning. Right. Which also we just we need to let everybody know just for the informational purpose of who's actually going to be on stage. Okay. So the six that made it in. Donald Trump. Not Rand Paul. Ted Cruz. (laughs) Marco Rubio. Chris Christie. Jeb Bush. John Kasich. Wow. Is that six? John Kasich, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Ben Carson, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz. Ben Carson's number six. What the hell? This isn't adding up. That's six. Here's who made the cut. No, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Chris Christie, Jeb Bush, John Kasich. That's seven. Maybe they added a seventh as a matter of a tie or something. Okay. That is who's in the debate. Listen, you're reading it on the internet. It has to be true, Okay, yeah. (laughs) So you will notice that... Oh, my God. Sometimes I really crack myself up, Brittany. You will notice that Carly Fiorina did not make it. She's usually in the top debate. Good. And Rand Paul did not. Not as good, but, and you know. And Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum, of course. Real, real good. So those four will be in the undercard debates. Uh, well, maybe Rand Paul. We'll see. He said he wouldn't do the That's undercard right. debate. So he, we'll see if he holds to his word or if he goes ahead and does it. He strikes me as a guy who isn't going to be there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he said it very sternly. He did. He was very authoritative about it. Um, we were going to do a little bit of a recap on the State of the Union, but time is not our friend today. So, Well, it was also just very business as usual, nothing special. Right. You know, Obama, the message coming out of the White House was that it was going to be an unconventional State of the Union, and it was nothing of the sort. It was absolutely conventional. It was just like just about every other one. There were minor nuance items that weren't so traditional, but... It's what it was. Like Kim Davis being there? Yeah, Kim Davis. So anyway, um, very interesting. We've talked about the crowd that surrounds Donald Trump and the supporters that he has garnered. And we have said that just because he has racist supporters doesn't mean that he's a racist. It doesn't mean that his policies are racist. But it, it does, you can't deny that it absolutely does have some effect on your understanding of his positions when he has such a large contingency of support coming out of that white nationalist separatist type of of movement. 
Right. So a white supremacist group said it has placed thousands of automated phone calls in Iowa, urging voters to back billionaire Donald Trump's bid for the Republican presidential nomination because, quote, we don't need Muslims. (laughs) So here for your listening enjoyment is a recording of the robocall, as they're more commonly known, the recorded calls that were going out to registered voters of Iowa. So the most fascinating part of white supremacists to me is how they always talk about um, white educated people. Right, right. Um, you know, what's what's going on with that? Because... They do not come across that way. Uh, yeah. They also act like education is something they have a monopoly on. And let me tell you, you don't. No shit. <laughs> There's a billion Indians that would say otherwise. So it's just very strange to me. And Donald Trump should be ashamed of this. Oh, yeah. Well, he was on with with Aaron Burnett, and this is the conversation that took place surrounding specifically these calls. There's a white nationalist super PAC. They say they've started a robocall campaign in Iowa. It urges voters to vote for you because of your proposed temporary ban on Muslims. And I wanted to play for you a brief clip from the robocall. Here it is. We don't need Muslims. We need smart, well-educated white people who will assimilate to our culture. Vote Trump. Uh, Mr. Trump, when you hear that, uh, does that shock you? Do you denounce that? Nothing in this country shocks me. I would disavow it, but nothing in this country shocks me. People are angry. They're angry at at what's going on. They're angry at the border. They're angry at the crime. They're angry at people coming in and shooting Kate in the back in, in California and San Francisco. They're angry when Jamil Shaw is shot in the face by an illegal immigrant. They're angry when the woman, the veteran, 65 years old, is raped, sodomized, and killed by an illegal immigrant. And they're very angry about it. And, by the way, and thousands of other cases like that, they're very angry about it. So I would disavow that, but I will tell you, people are extremely angry. People are extremely angry, but to be clear, when when he says we need smart, well-educated white people to assimilate to our culture, vote Trump, you're saying you disavow that, you do denounce that. Well, you just heard me. I said it. How many times do you want me to say it? A third would be good. I said I disavow. (laughs) All right, Mr. Trump, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Okay, thank you very much. Aaron Burnett is a goddamn boss. I love her so much. That is awesome. I love that clip so much. So... Two things here. One, he did mention I disavow it. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the the amount of time he spent justifying people's anger and then how much time he spent saying I disavow it, it's about, and I'm just, it's a rough guess here, 
it's a less than two seconds of him saying, I disavow it, and about a minute of him making excuses. So how much do you really disavow? Why didn't you take your minute and say, absolutely, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. The reason is because he knows though that that is where his bread is buttered. And he doesn't want to anger that audience because they will flee to Ted Cruz. Uh, that is disturbing. And then the other thing is, what's with that voice on that guy? We need well-educated white people. <laughs> white people. Well-educated white people. White people. It doesn't Stewie talk like that? Yeah, yes. Like whipped cream or something? Whipped cream. Yeah. Ooh, you got some pie, huh? Can I have a piece? Uh, sure. Ooh, let me have some of that Cool Whip. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. You mean Cool Whip? Yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? What are you talking about? I'm just saying it. Cool Whip. You put Cool Whip on pie. Pie tastes better with Cool Whip. Say Whip. Whip. Now say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're eating hair! Just like that. Just like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I <laughs> but that also disturbed me how long he talked about something that didn't have to do with the fact that white supremacists are paying to make these calls to support him. Right. You'd think that he would say, yeah, this is horrific. Save your money, boys. I don't support your message. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm so horrified that these people are, you know, following me and supporting me and jumping on board and making these calls. And this is really sad and sick and inappropriate. But no, yeah, he doesn't say that. And that's why Aaron Burnett was so awesome about forcing him. A third time would be great. Well, you just heard me. I said it. How many times do you want me to say it? A third would be good. <laughs> it's just great. Awesome. I mean, th- this might become a drop. A third would be good. I'm also I'm I'm still and I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but I'm so confused by these white supremacists who talk about education when are they educated? Are no. you really educated? No. I mean, what what does education mean to you? Because I don't get it. Well, it hasn't if they are educated, it didn't stick. It didn't it didn't really take any hold because you would learn through education not to be a racist. Right, that there are no differences between the races. There are no differences. I'm just I'm confused. Yeah. By I don't know. Me too. All right. Also, I'm glad I don't live in Iowa. I just want to say. <laughs> if I was getting these phone calls, I would not be very happy. Yeah, being in, a, in one of those early primary states has got to be maddening if you're not a politophile, if you're not someone who's super into politics, because God damn, that would be maddening. Well, I don't want white supremacists calling me. That would be... Well, not just that, just the constant commercials. Right, right. Because once the primaries are over, and then you get general election commercials constantly... Imagine living in a swing state like Ohio or Florida or Colorado. <laughs> God, crazy. It would drive me goddamn nuts. Mm-hmm. And I love politics. I love it. I'm a student of the game. You know what I mean? Still, it would drive me crazy. I don't know if I know what you mean, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, it looks like Bernie Sanders got himself into a little trouble, which I believe could be completely unwarranted on the subject of rape on campus. 
In his comments earlier this week, Sanders stated explicitly that rape must always be dealt with as a criminal matter rather than an educational issue. That sounds rational, does it not? Mm-hmm. Rape, the violent, terrible, abhorrent crime, crime of rape should be handled by police and it's not a matter, it's not an issue for education. Sounds rational. I'm reading from a Reason article by Robbie Soev. Sorry, Robbie. <laughs> um, <laughs> he should be honored that he is amongst the, the, the wide array of people who have had their name mispronounced by the lovely Brittany Page. While that might seem like a stridently anti-rape stance, it actually puts him at odds with the vast majority of campus advocacy groups who agree that rape is an epidemic and yet believe campus-run show trials that result in mere expulsion are the best way to deal with rapists. The Huffington Uh. Post interviewed several such activists who were dissatisfied with Sanders' comments. Quote, advocating for requiring survivors to go to the police shows his lack of understanding of what constitutes equity on campus said Andrea Pino, a survivor and co-founder and co-founder of the activist group End Rape on Campus, quote, and also demonstrates an ignorance of the complete lack of police preparedness on this issue. So is she expecting the campus to administer the rape kit and to go through the prosecution process to arrest this individual, get them off the streets so they don't continue to rape other women? I mean, it is absurd. I, I, it, maybe I'm just, look, I think the entire audience knows, anybody who's listened to the show for more than 10 seconds knows, I am not a, a proponent of just blanket a la carte, a blanket carte blanche love of the police, respect of the police, trust of the police. I'm not that guy. But that is their role. It is not the university administration. It's not their job or their duty or their skill set to prosecute a rape. All they can do is expel someone. That is not the punishment that needs to be doled out in the case of a rape. They need to go to goddamn jail. So a spokesperson from another advocacy group said, quote, without key interventions by their schools, many survivors won't be able to continue their education. An extension on a paper due the week after an assault might make the difference between a victim staying in school and dropping out. No police force can provide that kind of accommodation. Don't want victims sitting in a classroom along somebody who raped them. A school can often make that happen more quickly than a student can get a restraining order, particularly if he or she has trouble accessing a court. So we know that rape on campus is a problem, and I think that what might be the solution here is to do both, right? Involve the police and then also... First involve the police. First involve the police, do the rape kit. Sure. Even though there's a lot of problems with that too and rape kit's not being tested. There's a lot of problems here. That's the only avenue for justice. Right. And then you do the educational route where you take care of your rapist not having to sit next to you in class kind of a thing. I understand that's a case by case thing. Not every time you're raped by someone who sits next to you in your, you know, history of world art class. Well, I'm I'm addressing her direct point, but both sides, I see both sides that need to be addressed. But I don't understand why 
Bernie Sanders' comments illustrate someone who who doesn't understand or who is ignorant. Right. I think that he's trying to say, like, listen, this is a criminal issue. Those fuckers need to be prosecuted. Right. And people need to be going to jail. I mean, that's what I hear. That's what I hear too. When I hear him say that. So I don't hear someone who's unsympathetic to the plight of rape victims on campus. If you agree with these rape advocacy groups, uh, these rape support systems on campus, and you 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 disagree with me, and you I assume mildly disagree with Brittany, and more aggressively disagree with me. We want to have you on the show. We want to talk to you because I want to I want to understand this better. Because just these couple of quotes they don't make sense to me. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore I really do want to have a conversation about this. Disagree or not. It's important, and I want to hear from you if you do indeed disagree. Well, hell, if you agree, leave us a voicemail, too. Let's talk a little bit, since we're on the Bernie Sanders subject, let's talk a little bit about 538 forecasts. You know, these change on a daily basis, so what's the latest? Yeah, so they are tracking the primary forecasts, and they change every day. We'll put the link up on the Facebook page, and you can go check it every day if that's what floats your boat. So right now... (laughs) Ted Cruz has a 51% chance of winning the Iowa Republican caucus. Wow. Yes. And Donald Trump has a 29% chance. I like those odds. So somebody has fallen a bit, I would say. Right. Despite the 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 white supremacist robocalls. Weird that he's not doing as well. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And when it comes to the Iowa Democratic caucuses, which we haven't really been talking about, Hillary Clinton has an 82% chance of winning. Even though Bernie Sanders right now in Iowa polling leads her by it's within the margin of error. But he does lead her and they're still saying she's going to win by 82%. Yeah. And Sanders is 80. uh, I'm sorry, 18%. That is bizarre to me. And let me tell you, folks, I don't know how well... I know we talk about 538 all the time, but I'm not sure how familiar our audience really is with Nate Silver and the goddamn giant brain that resides inside that guy's head. He is a genius. he has predicted with flawless accuracy, I think, two different elections, state by state, and maybe even primary races. He's... Seriously, a savant. It's like Rain Man style. Bizarre. Like you drop a a thing of toothpicks and he's got it lined out. Yeah. So those two caucuses are on February 1st. Now, February 9th is the New Hampshire caucus. That is right. So for the Republican primary in New Hampshire, Donald Trump has a 40% chance of winning. Mm, Not good. And also lessening day by day. And Marco Rubio is at 21%. Okay. So New Hampshire is a bit different. Quickly do New Hampshire Democratic primary. This is a bit closer. 57% chance of winning for Clinton and 43% chance for Bernie Sanders. Mm. So a little bit more close there. And And he leads her there by, I think, 14 points in the polls. I believe so. Yeah. So if you're interested in following how your favorite candidate is doing, this is a really good resource. They update it every day. We'll put it on the Facebook page. We will. If you're not already liking the goddamn Facebook page, you need to get on the stick. Seriously. Join the party. And I really want to do a better job, Brittany, for you and me, to do a better job of communicating when people comment on the links 
to get involved and mix it up. I mean, one is really Facebook has a, a stranglehold, a kung fu grip, if you will, on who gets to see the, the, the page posts. So I would suggest everybody well, once a day, once every other day or something, go to the website, go to the, 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 the Facebook page and like the links because it will push them into the feeds of your friends. Let's foster a conversation on the Facebook page. I mean, this is a call, uh, a call to action for every single one of you listening. If you're listening and you think I'm really talking to somebody else, I'm not. I am talking to you. Help us out. Let's have a conversation on the page. And Brittany and I will right now, I'm just announcing this. She doesn't even know because <laughs> it just came to me. We will respond to every single comment. How about that? Is that good, Brittany? Yes. And every comment will have a BP or a JD next to it to let you know just who was at the helm. Who was at the keyboard mm. to respond with lightning fast accuracy. That makes no sense whatsoever. All right, let's move on. We are going to wrap it up with making you feel real, real good. Taking care of biz. Well, this is a real feel-good story about a company. A company? Yeah. What's the company? How about you say the name of the company? Zulily. Zulily, guys. Why couldn't you say Zulily? I knew how to say it. <laughs> I wanted you to say I it. Haven't, I haven't talked enough this episode. You needed me to, you know, get out there. Of course I knew how to say it. Zulily. Yeah, of course. They so Zulily, you got just what I need. You know, those commercials. That's Zulily. I have never heard that. You absolutely have heard Zulily. I have absolutely never heard that. Hmm. Maybe I don't recognize it coming out of your face, but that's probably... What happened? Okay. <laughs> okay. Zulily. Here we go. One woman took to social media to tell the world about a recent return she tried to make with the online retailer Zulily. Kelly. Here we go, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Kinkel. Kinkel. I don't know. You're looking at the name. K-I-N-K-E-L. What would you say? K-I-N-K-E-L. Kinkle. Kinkle. Okay. Let's get on with the story. How okay. about that? She <laughs> she ordered this coat and upon receiving it, immediately knew that um, she couldn't use it because of the material. The Her, yeah. her dog hair wouldn't... Yeah. Go with Not the a fan. Right. Needed to return it. Quote, when I received my order, I could see through the packaging that the coat material wasn't going to work. So she called Zulily's customer service and asked if she could return the unopened coat for a refund. And she says, I spoke with a sweet young man named Patrick, and he let me know he would refund my refund my money immediately when she asked patrick how to send the coat back he told her quote please don't send it back if you know someone who needs a winter coat or if you would like to donate it to a charity that would make us very happy that seriously i got a little a little little teary a little god damn that's awesome yeah so i didn't know this what the story was about yeah and so she thought he was joking at first and it kind of took her a second to realize that he was being serious and so she went and put this on social media because she wants to get the word out that zulily is a fantastic company if this is the way that they do things so wow yeah you know i just realized while getting emotional for your story 
that uh, I sang the wrong song for Zulily. <laughs> Weird it's, how I didn't recognize it. Yeah, I sang the song for like Wayfair. Wayfair.com. Wayfair, you got just what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird. Weird how I didn't know what you were talking about. How dare you, Brittany Page? How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you? Well, this is a bummer because we ran out of time and we had a bunch of other things to talk about. We will get to it next time. We will, for sure. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. Goddamn, you guys. We are building something great here, episode by episode. And it is solely based on you and your support and your love of the program. 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 The listener feedback we get. I know it sounds super cheesy to say it warms our hearts. And eh, maybe it is cheesy. But really... It is awesome when we when we get a, an email or a voicemail from the show. It really every single time it we, it is eagerly received because we love the conversation that takes place. We love the interaction with the audience. We love knowing that you're out there every Thursday and every Monday waiting for the show. We have an awesome team here between Brittany and I and you. It is awesome and we love you. We appreciate you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. So basically, Ted Cruz is an anchor baby. (laughs) 